Welcome to the Thought Police, brought to you by Manscaped.com. And it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for you to start upping your game, because if you've got discomfort in that part of your body, this is the way to fix it, right? Fear no more, because Manscaped are the kings of crutch comfort. That's what they're calling themselves. Uh, They've designed the best and most comfortable boxer briefs out there. They're sleek, they're soft, they're comfortable and flexible. They're brand new boxers, 2.0 from Manscaped. They take your balls to the Royal Ball Throne, and I can tell you this is true because Kevin O'Sullivan has got some, and he's told me that the -the below-the-waist grooming champions have finally sorted everything out for him. Uh, The Lawnmower 4 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxes for the chilling, and they even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious, Uh, and I think it's time you invested in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code, which is POLICE at manscaped.com. That's right, you get 20% off plus free shipping with our code POLICE at manscaped.com. You won't regret it, of course, because you get loads more than just the boxes, right? Uh, This is when you know that you're in the right area. They've got a lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below-the-waist grooming. The fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents because you don't want any of those, do you? Uh, And then, of course, beyond ball cleaning, uh, Manscaped is also focused on comfort with these new boxes. The dual pouch is designed to cradle your boys in their own special space lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well-ventilated. So, you know exactly what you need to do. Uh, if you've never used Manscaped before, this is a great example of it, a great thing to do. Get onto their website. They've got loads of other great stuff as well. And it really is very, very high quality. So, once again, 20% off free shipping with our code POLICE at manscaped.com. You get free shipping. Get everything right and get it all in the right place with us, the Thought Police and Manscaped. And now, it's time for the podcast. <laughs> This is the bit where you pay a few quid extra every month and we tell you some stories that we haven't told you before, um, which is actually great. And it doesn't actually make us millionaires or anything like that. It doesn't mean we make a bunch of money, but the people that put it together, including Pooch, you know, need to be paid for what they do. So that's why we do it. Uh, it's actually cheaper than fucking Netflix and you don't have to watch <laughs> Meghan fucking Markle either. So, uh, you know, it's actually quite <laughs> that nice. Cunt. Now, um, you, of course, have told us the stories and we've talked about our life stories and you've been talking about your first job in journalism. Uh, down at the Wimbledon, Wimbledon News and the Sutton you know, Herald, yeah. Which was the only, apparently the only paper in the world that didn't cover Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah the Wimbledon, <laughs> Wimbledon News is policy. We was, don't cover Wimbledon don't tennis. Cover the tennis the only fucking time yeah. anyone's talking about Wimbledon and we didn't cover it. But what about your first well, job, Mike? I ended up working in a rather odd place called the Asian Post, right? Because I did that thing where uh, I did a couple of years at university, decided that... Two first years. Yeah, two first years. It wasn't really for me. <laughs> I still didn't really get it right. And uh, I thought, fuck this shit. I'm just going to go and get a job in Fleet Street. And I went down to, um, to see the editor of the Bath and West Evening Chronicle. Yeah. It was a bloke whose name I forget, but... He was basically one of those sort of dipshits 
who runs a local newspaper. You know, he thought he was fucking Jack the Lad. So many of them. He was about 35, tossings. 36. Yeah. Because he was quite, life. quite an important figure. What the fuck is that noise? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that's uh, crisps. That, uh, that is Chris. LaDonna, can you tell him to stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't, don't do the Chris. Yeah. It's no, you're fine. You're right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, just don't fucking keep doing it. Um, so... <laughs> Um, I said to this guy, I said, so what do I do uh, if I want to be a journalist? And he said, I'm sure his name is Neil somebody. And he had this little office in the Bath and West Even Corners, Westminster Press. And they used to have their own yeah. training area, which was in Hastings, I think. And um, he said, well, what you'll do is you'll go through an, uh, an interview process, right? And you might, uh, if you make it, be hired by Westminster Press. And what we'll then do is we'll send you on a training course for a year where you'll learn shorthand a little bit of the law, you'll learn about uh, how to do basic reporting, and, you know, we'll train a you A year? Up. A year in, in a college, right, journalism college. Fucking hell. Right? And, um, and he said, then what we'll do is we'll bring you to the paper in Bath, and you'll be what's called an indentured journalist. Yeah, indentured, yes. And you'll so be, like an apprentice. And you'll be like an apprentice. And I said, then how much do I get for that? And he went, £3,700 a year. Which yeah. wasn't terrible at that time, but I was making more than that working in the fucking bakery, right? Yeah. Um, during the holiday. So I said, okay, and then what happens? He says, well, then. Making another, a lot of bread. Then there's another two <laughs> years. Very good. There's another two years of that. And then in the year three, after the. Uh, the, the you've now done three years, that's in year four, we'll, you'll qualify to be a proper you know, reporter for the Bath and West Evening Chronicle. And I said, how much do you get for that? He went 5,700. And I thought, hang on a minute. This is fucking shit. Well, Why would I work for four years for this fucking specky-eyed cunt? Yeah. Uh, who wants to pay me no money. Uh, who wants to send me to Neil Hastings. Cunt. Neil Cunt. Neil Cunt. The editor to of Hastings, the Bath shit right, To learn how to fucking take notes about things. And then he's going to bring me back to make tea for everybody. Pay me fuck all money. And I said to myself and him, I said, well, to be honest, in four years' time, I think I can get into Fleet Street. He went, oh, I thought you will find us more difficult than it looks. I went, well, you fucking watch me, mate. So I walked out of his office and thought, I'm never going back there. And I then decided to apply for every fucking job that there was in the back of a, um, a trade paper called the UK Press Gazette, which is still going. Still, well, um, it's a, it's a um, online. Is it online only now? Yeah, they don't publish it. But it used it, to be the sort of Bible. And I applied for some of the most ridiculous jobs you've ever heard of in your life. I applied to be editor of Camera Magazine, which was the uh, real ale. Yeah, yeah they were always advertising that. I, I went for that. an interview with them, right? And I kid you not, it was in St Albans with a load of beardy fucking blokes with sandals on, <laughs> drinking fucking real ale. And I thought, this is not for me. No, not, no. Uh, I applied for it. I nearly got, uh, I got, to, I got shortlisted for editor of the Shoe and Leather News. The Shoe right? and Leather News. Right, which was also a trade paper. Um, about shoes and leather, funnily enough. Well, I guess so. It wasn't even interesting. Yeah, the clue like, was in the title, It wasn't right? even like S&M yeah. leather and shoes. It was, like, really boring. Uh, luckily, I didn't get that because they didn't think I was old enough. I was only 21. Um, and, and they were worried about your knowledge of leather yeah, and well, shoes. Yeah. And shoes <laughs> and anything. Yeah. Your um, expertise <laughs> in, in the but, field of footwear. But, but the one job that I did get was a, a job that was advertised for a paper called The Asian Post. Which was a setting, as it was a startup, as we would now right. call it. And it was, have you ever heard of a magazine called India Today? No. In India? Of course you haven't. Well, it's like the Time magazine of India. It's quite a big deal. You know, they've got quite a big circulation because there's two billion fuck fucking people. India. Well, there's two billion fucking people in yeah, India. Yeah, I don't give you a know, fuck. You know, you can sell a hundred million I fucking I couldn't give copies. a fuck about any of them. Yeah, but. You know, when they're all dying of COVID, I thought, well, fucking good. Yeah. That's great. Well, we've, now we've discovered that not only is Kevin a By the way, they, cunt, they never he's did a fucking fuck. racist. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not racist. It's just the like. Why a, don't you like Indians? Xenophobia. <laughs> it's just a, a, a natural, deep-seated hatred of all foreigners. 
It's not racism. He did once tell me that he got it from his dad, but that's another story. No, I didn't. My, my dad was a racist. I'm not, I'm not a ra- <laughs> he really was a racist. I'm not a racist. Anyway, no. Cause I don't like foreigners, but then again, like I don't foreigners. like people in Britain either. I don't like fucking anyone. He just doesn't like people. No. no. Sad so anyway, you were working for uh, Anyway, so I got India a job yesterday. working for the Asian Post, right? right. Yeah. Um, which was an attempt to sell a magazine, Time Magazine style, um, a weekly news magazine to the Asian community in Britain because at that time it was becoming quite big it was becoming quite a big deal politically um, and it was run and owned by this really cool guy who used to work for the, the, the Sunday people um, uh, an Asian guy uh, called Chotu Karadia okay. who had actually been the guy they used to use to, to sting all the arranged marriage brigade oh, okay. right? and he used to work for a guy called Laurie Manifold I know Laurie remember Laurie yeah. and so he was the investigations guy at the Sunday people so this guy was a proper you know kind of Fleet Street journo took a shine to me and the, the, the magazine ended up being caught up in two of the most horrific and most amazing sort of financial scandals yeah. that ever fucking happened one was the Johnson Matthew banking scandal and if you know remember that you probably don't but what happened was it was the big bang my sister was working in the city right yeah. because everybody was suddenly going oh commodities what's that yeah. she didn't even know what they were she got a job working for this Indian company um, which was run by some um, uh, Indian billionaires called uh, Raj and somebody uh, near Malsetia. Uh-huh. They had big offices around the back of right, um, right. um, Grazing Road. And um, it turns out that Indian banks are corrupt. I don't <laughs> you remember the BCCI. <laughs> Knock me down with yeah, a feather. The BCCI <laughs> scandal, right? So her boss, this guy called Setia, had gone to the Bank of Baroda, which was an Indian bank but based in London, and said, I've got this shipment of sugar coming from Nigeria. And um, the thing is, uh, we need to borrow some money against it before it actually gets here. And they were like, how much do you need? And they went like 50 million or something like that. Anyway, kept doing these deals with the Bank of Baroda. There never was any fucking sugar. Uh And the sugar never arrived. It was never delivered. Nobody knew where it was. As a result of that, Johnson Matthey, which was like a a, a merchant banking house, they loaned even more money to these Indian banks because they wanted to keep them sweet. And basically the Indian banks would give hookers to the guys who were in the city to keep them sweet they would be paid in um, by some of the Johnson Matthew people in fucking cases of whiskey because in India the biggest currency is whiskey because they all okay. have whiskey right anyway the whole thing came fucking crashing down around everything and my sister rang me one day and said um, the fucking fraud squad have just raided our office and I went what and it turned out to be one of the biggest financial scandals of all time. What about you, though? What well, I was, well, I was then mixed up in that because I, that was how I got into Fleet okay, Street because right, I started right. feeding this stuff to the Times. Okay. Right? And I said, I can give you chapter and verse on okay, exactly what's stuff. happening yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she said, that one of the funniest things that happened was that this guy, Setia, had a driver. He had a big fuck-off Rolls Royce, big house in Hendon. And when the police came running through the doors, the driver was straight downstairs into the basement, tipping out bags and bags of cocaine that he had in his fucking uh, car because he thought it was a drug squad. But it wasn't (laughs) a drug squad, (laughs) it was a fraud squad. Fucking hell. We wouldn't have given a shit about the cocaine. Back down the drain, get the fucking cocaine up. (laughs) Shit! It was an amazing time. (laughs) Wrong time. amazing time. (laughs) Do it through the drain. Setia, her boss Setia, ended up being jailed um, in Dubai, I think, because he he Mm. went on the run. I mean, it was a massive thing. Uh I ended up on the other side of it with a guy, a Pakistani shipping magnate, who ended up buying the Asian Post, who was also a crook. He was into film. He made a film, uh, produced a film with Michael Caine. All sorts of stuff went on. It was quite an right. extraordinary time. Right. And I sort of was able to somehow shoehorn all of that knowledge into doing stuff for Fleet Street, which okay, is why. So that's how you got into Fleet Street. So yeah. that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, I used to just sell. Uh, when I worked at the Wimbledon News, right, 
that's my first job so it was full of all these fucking sharp but local paper standards and they were quite they were sharp asses so uh, on around about Thursday every week so all local papers came out on a Friday so all the people who worked on local papers if they had a good story would sell it to Fleet Street mainly in the Sunday yeah. papers this is back in the fucking bloody late 70s and you could still get a thousand quid for a story it was big money you could get loads big money in those days and uh, so you're always looking for stories so I, it's my first job I'm sitting there I'm a junior reporter on the fucking Wimbledon News and the, the, the editor was this guy called Peter Miller who used to do shifts on the Sunday Mirror and the Sunday People I remember Peter Miller yeah yeah anyway, was he the guy that ended up with Ski Resort uh, uh, the Express is what he went was he the guy that ended up with Ski Resort uh, no that was uh, that was uh, uh, there, who was that other one Lemon um, what was it PJ uh, that's right PJ Wilson PJ Wilson right. fucking lunatic yeah. he was a fucking yeah, yeah. thief yeah Luna, when when, when, when uh, so you know he's talking about Laurie Manifold right so Laurie Manifold was the legendary investigations editor of the Sunday People he went back to the old days he used to be the news editor and he was like an old school news editor and so when I was first working there as a young reporter I used to get seconded to his shit investigations but he did some great in his time he did the smoking beagles remember yeah. that, that was him smoking beagles so he, he was a really legendary journalist but you know he, he was in the uh, the sunset years of his career anyway so he, I used to get seconded to him and he had this thing he would send you somewhere he said go to Dunstable on the train uh, and phone me when you're there and you didn't even know what the story mm. was it was all like because he, he was cloak and dagger he always thought everyone was trying to con him so uh, I thought well, what's the story I'll tell you the story when you get there you know so, so you get there so I used to go to these places you know like fucking Liverpool he said I said, he said, phone me as soon as you're out of the station. And so I go, uh, uh, I'm out of the station. And he go, tell me what you're looking at. Because he, because he, he didn't believe anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I went up to all these places every single time. So, so after about four of these, you know, I go, he says, go, go to Brighton. What, what? So I got there, and he goes, "What are you looking at?" I said, "I'm looking at your wife. She's in the back of a car. Some cunt's fucking her ass off." <laughs> <laughs> he never asked me to do that Funny again. Um, uh, but yeah, so when I was on the Wimbledon News, people, so. It was this sort of uh, nest of vipers. So what I couldn't work out was so so the, Peter, an early, an Peter Miller, Peter Miller, this sharp ass, awful editor, used to nick all our stories and sell sell them to uh, Fleet Street first before us. And uh, so, what? So the Wimbledon news was full of misinformation yeah. because we used to have to put the wrong names, the wrong addresses, and everything, so that Miller couldn't nick our <laughs> stories. <laughs> anyway, so that when I first, uh, when I Brilliant. finished university, right, um, and I, you know, I just write, my mum wrote out for 110 local papers. Uh, and I got ended up getting offered eight jobs out of them. And Miller uh, called me up and he said, it, it was good actually. He said, he said, look, you know, I've seen your CV and you're a bright kid and I like you. He said, but you know, he said, journalism isn't about degrees and you know, writing beautiful English, it's about getting stories. He said, so uh, I'll tell you what, he said, I'll tell you what, you come back and see me in one week's time. Uh, and in the meantime, you get me six stories. 
And he said, well, where did you live? At the time, I was living with my parents, and so we had a paper called the Kingston Borough News. So it was, that was quite close. So he said, go to Kingston, get me six stories. Mm. All right. So... Uh, I had some mates who worked on local papers. I said, how'd you get stories then? He said, well, they just said, well, why don't you phone up the council press officer? Mm. So I phoned up the Kingston council press officer. His name was Graham something or other. And I always remembered him because he did me a big favour. So I went in to see him. And he said, well, he said, well, you know, it's coming up to Christmas. There's always these stories about the." He said, why don't you do a story about... You know, beware of pickpockets, police, and all this sort. Of. The heat. And, then, and then he went. And then he went. He went. He, yeah, and he gave me a few sort of stories about like traffic schemes and shit like that. And he goes, he went. I wonder if I should tell you this. He said, Do you know what? I'm going to tell you. So what it was was that Kingston had gone into. It's a knockout. Right. Right. <laughs> They'd just been over to some shithole in Belgium or something to film it with. Uh, Eddie Waring and all that. Anyway, the Kingston team, <laughs> the Kingston team got completely rat-assed <laughs> and, and they lost to the Belgians, so they beat them up. Right. So they <laughs> fucking great fight, pissed. <laughs> and uh, so the BBC were banning them from the fucking series. Right. So he told me all about this, and of course I, I you know, I just thought. You probably um, didn't even know. I, well, I didn't predict it. You know, I just thought, oh, that's quite interesting, I suppose. You know, so I wrote up these stories really badly. You know, yeah. Kingston Council wants to ban pink pocket to... Anyway, so, uh, so, so I took in my six stories that I've written up. Mm. And I always remember, I gave them to Peter Miller, and he's going, yes, that's quite good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who told you about this? <laughs> What's this one? Who told you? Is this true? I said, well, yeah. He said, who told you? I said, well, the council and press on. He said, thank you. Okay, uh, all right, uh, you've got the job. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, I'll, 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 we'll send you a letter and we'll tell, I'll tell you what it is. So I was shooed out of the yeah. office. And of course, he got, and it was the splash, it, it was the it. splash, it was the front page story in the Sunday Mirror that Sunday. He sold the fucking thing. What were your first bylines? Oh, yes, now there's an interesting uh, Oh, I used to do church notes. That was my first p- picture byline. Uh, I used to do church notes, and my first big picture byline uh, in the Wimbledon News. Which church so we, notes? Yes, yeah, so we used to do... Oh, and I used to, I used to do well, consumer watchdog as well, where I used to have to go to fucking shops and compare prices of butter and peas. Yeah, don't, don't go to uh, Spa in Wimbledon High Street. Go to Londis. I in bet you Mitchell. can do that now, because they fucking can Probably not. They? They go, what have you got against our shop? Yeah, that's just ch- yeah. church notes as well, like stories from the churches. Yeah. So we had three papers, three main papers were the Wimbledon News, the Mitcham News, and the Morden News. Yeah. And uh, the, so they were pretty much the same papers, but they had separate front pages and separate gossip columns on the back. Yeah. So the uh, Wimbledon gossip column was called Scene at the Green. And uh, Mitchum was called uh, oh, fucking hell, uh, f- Fairground News or something because it used to be a fairground mm. town. And uh, the the, the uh, no, that's right. Wimbledon News was Village Scene. Uh, the Mitchum News was Scene at the Green, Mitchum Green, and then Morden News uh, was a Crown and Around because there was a town that a big tower block called. Uh, at, uh, the, the Crown Tower. That's the shittest answer yeah. to that question. Yeah, ever. and we used to, we used to, um, so we used to call it boredom in Morden. 
Uh, so anyway, I, I, so I used to get. So I, what was your first byline? Well, my first byline, my first, well, my first fuck's sake, my you first byline was some old bollocks about you know you, you, it was pretty easy to get on the front page of a local paper. Well, shouldn't New you remember traffic. it though? Shouldn't huh? you remember it the first time you got it? Didn't really care. He doesn't. He doesn't remember. Huh? Um, well, I mean, I think my first byline was in the Bath Herald, which is a weekly paper. They started up. Um, all these papers during the journalism strike there was an NUJ strike so all the papers didn't come out for a while so all the people like Westminster Press went well we're going to produce a weekly paper and I somehow got a fucking music column in it and I think it was a fucking review of The Cure or something like that uh, when I first saw my name in print. my first major byline would have been in The Sun um, in 1983 and I was very excited because it was like a page 7 lead or something and then the fucking paper didn't come out <laughs> printing fucking cunts went on strike he loves that the fucking printers <laughs> printers fucking went on strike and, my and I'm like standing by the news and I'm like fucking really excited when's, when did you get the paper they go it's not coming out tonight I said what do you mean it's not coming out I'd seen the page proof and everything and it didn't fucking get printed now my first buy was Consumer Watchdog uh, and also Church Notes that was my first job on, on local papers you can't, you've so, done well since then uh, well, it's, it's never, Church it, fucking it, notes it's been, it's, been, <laughs> it's been fucking downhill ever since <laughs> church notes with the Reverend O'Sullivan I'll tell you I got sacked from the Sutton Herald uh, because by then I was chief reporter at the Sutton Herald so I went from the Wimbledon News trans- same company transferred there yeah. as chief reporter and by then I was quite a little hotshot so I was selling stories left right and centre to Fleet Street and I was doing three, three or four shifts a week in the evening at the Sun and then I used to do a Saturday shift at the people I used to get 60 quid for a fucking my, but so back to your salary my first fucking wage on the Wimbledon News £12.50 £12.50 a week I used to get uh, that paid for my car for my fucking flat everything anyway well we used to get 15 quid's worth of expenses as well but uh, when I was on the women, uh, the Sutton Herald I used to do all these shifts and the, the editor this bloke called Ron Stiles uh, actually we've got to do a whole section on Ron Stiles we should no he was in the fucking war <laughs> and so he, he was Ron a rear Stiles. gunner it's a great no, no he was he was a rear gunner and he had all these fucking ticks <laughs> and so so we'd be talking to you and he'd go have you written, have you written the, the, the front page of the jets? And you go, uh, yeah, Ron, just about to go, what we're going to... And then you go... <laughs> and then, you go, then and he had this method to kick himself out, and he go... <laughs> yes, well, you've got to get the copy done right now. And we used to have that, like, this news editor called Joan Mulcaster, who was this old bag who was quite funny. She'd have been there for years, cigarette. And if you don't have to, why don't you stop fucking around and write that page, leave, will you? Anyway, Ron would come over to her and go, Joan, 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 we're going to need a picture. All right, and she said, he got cut. And then Joan would go, Joan would go, for fuck's sake, Ron, don't start doving. And then he'd go, <laughs> <laughs> fucking but anyway uh, so uh, so I used to do all these shifts and uh, so I go up to do uh, a shift on the sun and the then night news editor Alan Watkins said to me oh, we, we're splashing on the weather but they really fucked it up you know uh, can you put it together and you know so so I said sort of something like you know br- 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 uh, br- blizzard battered Britain shivered into the record books last mm. night and all this kind of crap and so the chief sub came out and said, "Yeah, nice job. Uh, do you want you want a byline?" And it was like the um, 
big front front page splash and and Ron Styles <laughs> he banned me from doing shifts so I had to do them secretly so they said you want a byline and it's just like the front page of the fucking sun so I, I knew that it would be in the, <laughs> getting the shit so I said yeah and anyway when I went into so that shift didn't finish at about three in the morning I went to fucking to work the next morning and start an air all about ten o'clock and there's a copy of the sun with my byline and a sort of brown envelope I opened it it just said you're fine you're fine <laughs> that was it that was the end brilliant fantastic well I think that's a pretty good chapter for the next uh, uh, for the next couple of uh, episodes of yep. Patreon yep. Um, if you haven't got Patreon um, you should tell people to get it um, and of course we have to thank an awful lot of people who oh, are yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, production I'll leave it to you Mike you're going to leave it to me yeah alright well I'm going to have to find it now because I haven't actually <laughs> fucking you, you just tell us a bit about church notes church notes uh, yeah that was going, going around to fucking vicars oh yeah I got in the shit about that as well <laughs> I was thinking of St Mark's Church in Wimbledon they had a Derby and Church Joan Club attached so I went and talked to the vicar and said what's going on I said oh the uh, the, the, the Derby and Joan Club um, uh, the church Derby they they're going to Brighton uh, on Saturday for their day out so, so I wrote in church notes uh, St Mark's Derby and Joan Club's members are waxing down their surfboards ready for a day in Brighton the fucking vicar phones me up they say they're hardly surfers most of them are 90 <laughs> <laughs> just the beginning of the uh, beginning of a long line of exaggerated stories yeah, yeah, that's right, that's what... right so here we go Patreon executive producers very big thanks to Jason Steele Leonie Thomas Robbie London Matt Clark Jennifer the American whore Lineberger as she yeah, likes to be known Emma Lou George Mailing Emil Wasser's uh, drumroll four Jenny 29 29 fucks a night Dean McCarthy Martin Gundry Tom O'Donnell Gareth Hughes Daniel Jones John Priest Mark Buckley Dale Pinnock Joseph French Johnny Swinscoe Kevin Downer sorry <laughs> Kevin the worst name Fucking ever shit name Paul <laughs> Steele as well um, and that's it that's everybody thank you very so much thank guys you very much. We'll thank see you next you. time
Thomas.